Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. I'm your host, K-Town. You're listening to 7 True Crime Murder Interviews and Stories. Where your worst nightmares are realized. For many people, the wilderness represents paradise since it provides an opportunity to get away from the rigors of everyday life and experience nature. This is why millions of people take trips into the wilderness every year in order to participate in activities such as hiking, hunting, and camping. However, the wilderness can be a very creepy and ominous place. If something goes horribly wrong, you are a long way off from civilization and it may be impossible to seek help. It's very easy for a person to disappear into the wilderness and never be seen again. In most cases, the likely explanation is that they simply got lost and succumbed to the elements. But some trips into the wilderness are shrouded in complete and utter mystery. Here are some of those cases. The disappearance of Keith Reinert. In 1988, 49-year-old Keith Reinert was a sports writer for the Daily Herald in Chicago, but he decided to take a leave of absence for a unique outing. He moved to Silver Plum, Colorado, a small mining village near the Rocky Mountains. Reinert became fascinated by the story of Tom Young, a Silver Plum resident who disappeared under mysterious circumstances the year before. On September the 7th, 1987, Young closed his bookstore and walked into the mountains with his dog, but never returned. Reiner decided to open an antique shop in the former location of Young's bookstore and started working on a novel based on Young's disappearance. In an eerie coincidence, Keith Reiner soon became the center of his own unsolved mystery. On July 31st, the remains of Tom Young and his dog were found in the mountains. They were both shot in the head. And since a revolver was found at the scene, investigators ruled that Young likely shot his dog before committing suicide. One week later, Reiner closed up his shop and told people he was planning to climb the summit of Pendleton Mountain. After leaving the village, he was never seen again. The circumstances behind Reiner's disappearance were strange since it was a six-hour hike to Pendleton Mountain and he did not leave until 4.30 p.m. At the time, Reiner was not carrying any equipment and was dressed appropriately for a mountain climb. 
a search of the area turned up no trace of him. And tragically, one of the searchers was killed after crashing his plane. There was some speculation that Reinert staged his own disappearance. Others believed that both Reinert and Young were victims of foul play and that their cases were somehow connected. Whatever the truth, Keith Reiner's disappearance remains unsolved. Next, we have the Axeman from Klein Falls State Park. In 1977, Terry Gentes and Avra Goldman, a pair of undergraduates from Yale, decided to spend the summer going on a cross-country bicycling trip. On July the 22nd, they stopped at Klein Falls State Park in a remote area of Oregon to camp for the night. However, both women were suddenly awakened by a pickup truck which came barreling into the campsite and crashed right into their tent. The two women initially assumed this was an accident. They were shocked to see a man in a cowboy hat emerge from the truck with an axe. He used his weapon to attack Gentes and Goldman before climbing back into his truck and driving away. Both women were seriously wounded, but still alive. Gentes managed to stumble to a nearby road and flag down a passing car for help. After a teenage couple stopped and went to the campsite, they saw the lights of another vehicle approaching them. It came to a brief stop before turning around and driving away. They suspected that the pickup truck driver had returned to finish the job but he had fled the scene after seeing other people there. Gentes and Goldman were both taken to the hospital and both women wound up surviving the horrific attack. The investigation eventually uncovered a suspect named Dick Dam, who was a known violent offender in the community. In 1995, while being detained for another crime, Dam was questioned about the Klein Falls State Park attack and given two polygraph tests. He showed signs of deception, but the results were inconclusive since he had illegal drugs in his system and there was no evidence to link him to the crime. Even if the Axeman is identified someday, he cannot be prosecuted since Oregon's statute of limitations for unsuccessful murder attempts has since run out. Next, we have the disappearance of Derek Ingbergston. On December 5th, 1998, Derek Ingbergston, an eight-year-old boy from Bonanza, Oregon, went on a trip to Winnemay National Forest alongside his father and his grandfather. The family was planning to get a Christmas tree while hiking near Rocky Point. A snowstorm soon hit the area and Derek wandered away and disappeared. When Derek's family notified the authorities, a search was conducted for him, but they were undermined by the terrible weather. Searchers found some blood in the area, along with items which may have been connected to Derek, including a candle wrapper and a bookmark from his school. They also found a makeshift shelter made out of fur bogs. While the likely explanation seems to be that Derek had frozen to death in the wilderness, there was evidence to suggest that he might have been abducted instead. A set of footprints led searchers to the road where the imprint of a snow angel was found. 
Around the time of Derek's disappearance, a witness saw an unidentified man struggling with a young boy near the road. In 2002, an inmate came forward to claim that a convicted child rapist named Frank Milligan bragged about murdering Derek. Years earlier, Milligan received a 36-year prison sentence for the rape and attempted murder of a 10-year-old boy and for sexually abusing another boy. When questioned, Milligan told authorities that Derek had made it out of the woods and that he murdered the boy after picking him up by the road. Milligan said that he would lead them to Derek's body, but after a search of the area turned up nothing, he decided to recant his confession. Officially, there is no evidence to connect Milligan and Derek Engelberg's disappearance remains unsolved. Next, we have the disappearance of James Herod. During the 18th century, James Herod was one of America's most notable explorers. He founded the very first settlement in Kentucky, which became known as Harrodsburg. In 1792, the same year Kentucky officially became a state, Herod was living in Harrisburg with his wife and daughter. He decided to go into the wilderness on a hunting trip with two companions. Herod never returned, and there were numerous theories about what happened to him. Some believed that Herod deliberately abandoned his family and traveled to another part of the country. There were unconfirmed rumors that Herod's wife was often flirtatious with other men and may have had an extramarital affair. While Mrs. Herod got remarried after his disappearance, she managed to get a divorce in 1804 on the grounds that she believed her husband was still alive. However, Mrs. Herod had only used that as an excuse to get a divorce. In actuality, she believed her husband was murdered by one of his companions. The real purpose for his trip was not to go hunting, but he wanted to find a silver mine for a mysterious man only known as Bridges. The third man who accompanied Herod and Bridges on the trip claimed that Herod disappeared after Bridges told him he was attacked by Native Americans, but the man never actually witnessed anything to support Bridges' story. Later on, Bridges was seen pawing off some silver buttons which matched the buttons Herod had on his shirt. Shortly thereafter, Herod's friend found a skeleton in a cave wearing a shirt with the buttons missing. In the end, the skeletal remains were left behind and never identified as Herod, and Bridges disappeared before he could be questioned. The truth about what happened to James Herod still remains unknown. Next up, we have the disappearance of Jared Negrette. On July 19, 1991, Jared Negret, a 12-year-old boy from Elmont, California, traveled to a camp inside San Bernardino National Forest. He was going for an overnight trip with his Boy Scout troop and then planning to hike up the mountain the next day. As the troop neared the top of the summit, Jared wandered away and disappeared after apparently straying onto the wrong trail. When the troop discovered that Jared was missing, an extensive search was conducted of the area by rescue teams. They found matching shoe prints and some items which belonged to Jared. 
including his backpack, beef jerky, and candy wrappers. In spite of these clues, they could not find a trace of Jared anywhere. This story would probably be a straightforward and tragic case of a boy succumbing to the elements after getting lost in the wilderness. But Jared managed to leave behind one very haunting image. Jared's camera was also found in the woods, and its film contained 12 recent photographs which were eventually developed. Most of the pictures were landscape shots which were taken before he disappeared. But the last photo was a self-portrait which Jared had taken himself. Since Jared's arms were too short to hold the camera out that far, the photo only wound up capturing his eyes and his nose. It seemed very clear that Jared looked scared and that the mysterious picture was taken after he went missing. The self-portrait of Jared Negrette remains the only last existing trace of him. And last, we have the disappearance of Julianne Marie Williams and Lori Winans. On May 19, 1996, a young lesbian couple traveled to Shenandoah National Park in Virginia for a hiking trip. The two women brought along their pet golden retriever. Nearly two weeks later, after neither of the women's families had heard from them, the authorities were notified. When park rangers launched a search on June 1st, they came upon a campsite and discovered that Williams and Winans had been brutally murdered. Both women were bound and gagged before their throats were slit. Winans' golden retriever was also found wandering around the area, unharmed. Given the women's sexual orientation and the brutal and calculated nature of the murders, Authorities wondered if they were victims of a hate crime. In 2002, an incarcerated man named David Darrell Rice was charged with murdering both women, along with two counts of committing a hate crime. Rice was already serving an 11-year sentence for attacking another woman in Shenandoah National Park in 1997 and was known for expressing his hatred toward women and homosexuals. It was believed that he deliberately targeted the women because of their sexual orientation. Two years later, the charge against Rice was dropped once it was determined that DNA and hair samples from the crime scene did not match him. However, suspicion eventually turned to a serial killer named Richard Ivantis. In June 2002, Ivantis was about to be arrested for an unrelated crime but shot himself when police tracked him down. Forensic evidence eventually linked Ivantes to the unsolved murders of three teenage girls from the mid-1990s. Since these crimes also occurred in Virginia around the same time as William and Winans were murdered, Ivantes is considered a suspect but thus far nothing has connected him to this crime and their murders remain unsolved. Thank you for listening to this edition of 7. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcast so you never miss an episode. I am your host K-Town and I'll see you next time on 7. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. 
Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.